Let's remain standing just a moment while we meet God in prayer. How many has a request today? Would you just let it be known with the uplifted hand? Let's believe Him now as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard, the revelation of Jesus Christ to His people, and have the privilege of living in this day that all the patriarchs and prophets Apostles and great men in years gone by has longed to see this day. They could only rise on the scene, those ancient prophets, and see the very thing that they saw in them years now being done. What an evangelistic services there would be. Perhaps locked in jails, called crazy people. We live in the day to see all of this that they saw by faith. God, let us take the opportunity while it's presented to us. They are depending on us. They left their word, the word of God that was shown to them. They're depending on us to carry it out. Jesus came to confirm it and to send the Holy Spirit to continue the work and give us power to work by till these things be all finished. Then the great ransomed church of the living God be caught up to meet him. There are some here today, Father, who does not have this blessed, restful hope in their soul. May this be the day that they will receive it. There may be those here who grow weary in the way. Let them know, Lord, that we never come to a picnic, but to a battleground. Fight every inch of the way. Give them courage. Strengthen them. There are some here that's been wounded, Lord. The enemy has shot darts of sickness into their body and affliction. There are warriors laying here on the battlefield that would be up and going if they could, but they must be taken to the inn where the caretaker is to take care. Father, may the ambulance of God carry them to real genuine faith this afternoon. Grant it, Lord. We pray that they'll be healed. There was some raise their hands, Lord, and I don't know what their troubles was, what their desire is. Whatever it is, I pray for them, Father, that you'll grant their desire to them. Get glory out of the services as we present ourselves and the, our gospel that you left us to preach to thee for farther work and confirmation. In Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. I truly say that I'm sorry that this is the closing service of this little revival, or just we haven't had time for a revival, our little get-together. But I come at the invitation of this fine group of men, ministers of the city and around about, because of, I felt led to come. There's places waiting. I don't say this. Just to say it, I say it because it's true. There's places waiting. It's got tens of thousands of people together. All overseas, hundreds of places overseas, major cities in America around. But I usually lay the things out, the invitations, and pray over them. No matter where it's at, wherever the Lord says go, I go. Just here some time ago, I read an invitation. Wife and I were getting the invitations to house and 
One man said, Brother Branham, if you'll come, we'll guarantee such and such a money, you know, and so much if you'll just come. The next letter said, Brother Branham, I haven't got a thing, I can promise you. Not even a place to lay your head. But I'm a married man, I have seven daughters. And five of them are grown. We're all here in a little three-room house. Said I'm preaching under two pine trees. Said God knows I need you. You know where I went? Down there. Right? And there out of that meeting they built a, a great tabernacle. And that man, as far as I know, is still pastoring it. And uh, that was down in Arkansas. The, it's always best to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I never preached to a, a nicer congregation than I have these five nights, five days here. I appreciate you all. You've been very loyal. I appreciate this fine bunch of ministers back here. I'm so glad that, that this group of people has a gr- shepherds to watch over them like this. Really, a pastor comes from the word a shepherd, a feeder of the flock. And they are pastors, shepherds. And this gospel that I preach, they believe it. That's the reason they sponsor it. That's the reason they're sitting up here on the platform to say that we represent this meeting. And I, the converts, the people who've offered their lives to Christ in their future service, I trust that by all means you'll see some of these ministers and let them baptize you in Christian faith and, and God give you the Holy Spirit and you be a member of their church. Now, we don't represent any organization, we're certain. We just, Jesus Christ, all of us. I want to thank them for inviting me, for standing with me and helping me. Brother, I sure appreciate you. Now, I pray that someday, if it be the will of God, I can be back for an extended meeting where we can get in somewhere and have more time. And to the um, officials, the trustees of this building, that's, uh, let us have this building. We appreciate that. Uh, courtesy of the custodians and so forth and what all they've done. Uh, one of the boys that stand out there just now kept us a parking place. Real nice, uh, fine type of a gentleman standing there, colored boy. I wish him the very best of God's blessing. And all I appreciate it. And for the congregation, how you responded and believed the word that's been preached. And they tell me that all the debts was paid off. And if you took up a love offering, I, you didn't have to do that. I appreciate it all. And I'll assure you that there'll not be any of it spent for whiskey, cigarettes. It'll go right into the kingdom of God. What I do with it, it goes right straight to the... You know what happens to it? It goes to foreign missions. I don't take a penny of it. It goes to support the missions where I go overseas. When I get enough built up, then I go overseas and preach to the people... They don't even know which is right and left hand. They don't know what a decent meal is. They don't even wear clothes. So I have to answer for that money. And then I know if I'm a good steward, I'll spend it in the kingdom of God. My church gives me a a salary of $100 a week. That's what I live on with my children. By the way, someone sent me $2. I appreciate that by my son. And there's two $5 checks that come in this week. And the, someone a while ago sent us a box of canned blackberries. My wife doesn't know it yet. Honey, wherever you are, we're headed for a gastronomical jubilee. I, I, I really like blackberries. Some of you, maybe uh, 
uh, wrote me letters. I answered the best I could. Now, to the questions you asked me in doctrine, I just referred you back to your pastor, you see, because I don't, uh, I don't do that. See, it's nice. I appreciate you putting that much confidence. But you see, all of us wouldn't agree just on basics. We all we agree the same thing. But each man, maybe two or three sitting there wouldn't. That's the reason I said, ask your pastor. See, because uh, sometimes it causes a little friction in the church, and we don't want that. We, we want you to be in harmony and one accord. I think of your pastor like the song, Amazing Grace. It was grace that brought me safe thus far. Grace will take me on. If the pastor has preached the gospel and you are converted and filled with the Holy Ghost, trust him on. He'll take care of the rest of it. Just go right on. So uh, I don't answer the doctrinal questions. I just believe in the great fundamental evangelical uh, doctrine of the Bible. And what I say here, even if your pastor disagrees with it, we'll know this one thing. Uh, basically, we both believe the same thing. You know, even my wife and I don't agree upon everything. That's right. <coughs> she... When she eats pie, she likes berry pie, and uh, I like cherry pie. I like to take cherry, and I like berry pie too, understand? But I take cherry pie, put that juice over the top of it, and then pour butter on top of that, then molasses on top of that. It's just right for eating, man. That's right. It's really good. Now, I tell you. She likes the same thing, but she's afraid of the calories. <laughs> I mean, that's but I'm telling you, sweetheart, wherever you're at in here, when we cook this blackberry cobbler, I'll pick all the calories out for you. <laughs> you just have a great time. God bless you. Thank you so much. Everything you've done, you've supported the meetings, and that's always necessary. I'm going to ask you one more favor, if you will. Perhaps this summer, on, I hope to see you again this side of the Jordan. If I don't, I'll meet you on the other side. And this same gospel that I've been preaching, I'll stand to be judged by it on the side. Now, I would like to say this, that if there's any time I can do you a favor, I'll be glad to do it. I used to say I'd, nights never get too dark, rain never fall too hard, but I'd crawl to get to you. Now, with a whole worldwide ministry of personal contact with about 10 million people, I couldn't do that. Because we had one phone, we counted once the calls coming on this one phone, and there's an average I believe it was around 20 or 30 long-distance calls per hour. <laughs> see, so you see, you just you couldn't answer it all and get to it. But I'll say one thing. I do everything I can. They write those requests down. As many as I can call back, I do and pray over every one of them. Everything I can do. And we pray for little claws and send them out. If you want one, everything we have is free. So you send them, get it. Now, we're not wanting your address. As I said, I have a hard time getting help to even answer letters. Now, you'll get them. A slip that's made up, a mimograph slip, on what to do, how to go to your pastor when you get this little cloth. How many believes in that? Handkerchiefs and aprons, Acts 19. And that's, that's the greatest part of my ministry, is that. And I always refer to this, it seems so strange, as a little woman in Germany got one here about a year or two ago. I always, she had translated on the back, the translator did, in English so I could read it. She'd been crippled in a wheelchair for about 15 years. And she got this, and she read how she must call the pastor, and if there was no pastor, call some Christians, then confess everything that she'd ever done wrong, and make it right with God, and then lay that up over her heart, pin it on her underneath garment, and then have faith. So when she got all this done, her pastor was there, and she put it on her heart, she said, Now, old man devil, you've had me long enough. Get away. Up she got and went walking on. <laughs> That's how, how simple it was. Perfectly healed on one.
It's just your simple faith and believing. People try to make faith too complicated. It's not complicated. It's just simple, childlike faith. You know, the blood in the Old Testament was applied by hossip. You've heard that many times. You know what hossip is? Just common weeds. You find it anywhere. Down in Egypt and so forth, it grows out of the adobe cracks in the building where the uh, wind has packed the seed. They get that's a little kind of a little diamond-shaped leaf, has a flower on it. Just hossip, common. What does it mean? You don't have to have any super faith to apply the blood of Jesus Christ. Just common faith. Believe it. So. And remember, the Word of God will defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, on any ground. Right. The Word of God will defeat Satan. Now, the question, the thing I want to ask you. I face many hard difficulties, foreign fields, challenged by, by every kind of devil doctrine that could be thought of. When the winds are blowing real hard and hot, missionaries standing, wanting to see what's fixing to happen, all the witch doctors around. Can I remember at Richmond, Virginia, you're praying for me? Can I remember that? That's what I depend on. God bless you. I'll be depending on that. I'll always remember Richmond, this fine little group. Now, next week we're up here in Middletown, uh, Ohio. And then to all your invitations, this brother or someone, the brothers are here somewhere. I just picked it up or seen a while ago when my field secretary gave it to me, of coming back up above here at this uh, Washington, D.C. again. Uh, we may be able to catch that pretty soon. I felt a little touching on that at uh, Washington, D.C., maybe before going overseas. So we may be able to get that. And to the brother, I don't guess he's here, was in the meeting yesterday about down in Carolina. I've got to go to Florida. The Christian Businessman's Convention, I'm to speak in that in July. I'll be the first, second, third, and fourth at Miami. And then perhaps going down, I may be able to catch that one of them there in Carolina as we go down because they come over on Highway 1 to go down. The Lord bless you. I could just talk to you all afternoon, but you've got to go to church tonight. And I hope you do and have a great, great meeting. Now, let us once more bow our heads to God. Father, we're fixing to turn back to the pages of this book, and we read in the Bible where we've seen this book in the right hand of him that's set up on the throne, and there was nobody that was able to take the book or to loose the seals or even to look upon. But there came a lamb that had been slain since the foundation of the world. And he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And he opened the book and the seal. We would pray today, Father, we know any man that's physically able to raise his hand could turn the pages of this book. But there's no one can open it but that same land. We pray that he'll grant it this afternoon. That he'll come and open this gospel to us. And when we leave this afternoon and the services is closed, May we say like those coming from Emmaus that day, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us along the way? For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. And now, you that keep the scripture record, where we speak of, if you would turn to the 22nd chapter of Genesis and the 14th verse. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen.
Jehovah Jireh. God has uh, seven compound redemptive names, and Jehovah Jireh is his first. The Lord will provide a sacrifice. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth all thy diseases, and Jehovah thy banner and thy shield, and so forth. He's got uh, seven compound redemptive names, and those names are inseparable. The night when that picture was taken, you have here now, that became world famous around the world, of that pillar of fire that was standing where it was at, and the, they take it many, many times, but we wouldn't let it be published until it was authentic, like a testimony, some healing. You notice in the Christian Businessman, the little book that was given out to you here, of Christian Businessman Voice, about the dead being raised. We cannot say that unless it's signed certificate by the doctor, see. And that has to be proven before you can put it in print, anything like that, because it's unlawful to do so. So these things are authentic. And now, that pillar of fire that's in the picture, the night that it was taken was at the Houston, at the Sam Houston Coliseum. We've been having about 8,000 at the music hall, and went over there that night with about 32,000. But they'd asked me for a Baptist minister to hold a debate with him on divine healing. I don't debate with people. I don't believe in fussing with people. The gospel wasn't made to fuss about. Oh, when I was first ordained the Baptist church, I thought I was a defender of the faith. So I find out no man can come to me except my Father draws him. And all the Father has given me will come. So see, well, you, you, you argue with people, they, they're setting their ways or they wouldn't be arguing. So then you, you just don't make them any better. So he wanted me to take one night to debate, and then the, the Houston Chronicle, I believe there was the name of the paper, they wrote it up, and he put a paid ad in there that showed what we was made out of. We was afraid to face the gospel by the word of God. So Dr. F.F. F. Bosworth, he was then about 80 years old, he come up there, and the reporters was waiting, said what I was going to say about it. I said, I do not argue. I, that I've just got so many nights to be here, and I've got two more nights left. And there's tens of thousands of people here to be prayed for. Why would I waste a night just on some critic? Let him go ahead. Jesus said, let him alone. The blind leads the blind. Won't they fall in the ditch? I said, you're thousands that does believe it. Why fools want to don't believe it, see? And waste all that time. Brother Boswell, i never forget that. He's in glory today. Eighty years old and Dr. Best of the Baptist Tabernacle. That was just out of school. And about 30 years old, all of his degrees and so forth. And Brother Bosworth said, Well, Brother Branham, if you don't want to do it, let me do it. I thought of old Caleb, let me take this mountain. I said, If you promise you won't argue, he said, I promise. And away he went. And here the next day, of course, you know how the papers can play it up. Ecclesiastical furs go to fly. So then that brought out a great group. And that's one time, brother, where I found out that all the Pentecostals will be one accord Sunday. I don't care how many humpback camels they were riding. One, two, three, four, they were all there. <laughs> because the one thing in common, divine healing was at stake, and they all believed that. Yes, sir. Right. And here they all were. And that night, when Dr. Best got up, he warned Brother Bosworth to come first. And Brother Bosworth said, I have 600 questions wrote out here on paper. Dr. Best, if these questions prove that Christ attitude today towards the sick is just like it was when he was here on earth. If you can take one of these questions 
and disprove it by the Bible, then I'll go over and sit down and, and we'll call the debate yours. That's a pretty broad statement. But he, that boy I know not who was that fellow. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'll take care of that when I get up there. I'll take care of that when I get there. He said, then, Mr. Best, asked the moderator, said, I'll ask you one question, you answer it, yes or no, and I'll sit down if you just say yes or no. And moderator, he said he would. He said, was the seven compound redemptive names of Jehovah applied to Jesus, yes or no? Oh, my. Now, I was not supposed to be there, but I was sitting up in about the 10th balcony up there somewhere with my coat up, two policemen standing up above me like that, my brother and wife and my little daughter sitting there. I tell you, I felt shivers. I never thought of that before in my life. He couldn't answer that one. See, if the compound redemptive name of Jehovah wasn't applied to Jesus, he wasn't Jehovah Jireh, the Lord's provided sacrifice, he wasn't the Savior. No, sir. And if it was applied to him, then he's Jehovah Raphi, just the same as he's Jehovah Jireh, because the names is inseparable. Jehovah the healer, as same as he is the Savior, that's it. Oh, then he got up, he said, I'll take care of it, wouldn't answer him yes or no. So he couldn't answer <laughs> So I thought the gallant of that old man standing there. So then he got up there and then he preached a real good Camelite sermon. I was rocked in a Baptist cradle. I know what to believe. So he never preached a Baptist doctrine. He preached divine healing in the millennium. How would you need divine healing in the millennium when they got a glorified body? <laughs> How people will try to scruple up the scriptures just because they don't know them or won't let the Holy Spirit lead them to it. That's right. So then when he got through... He said, to, he had some photographers of the Douglas Studios, he said, I want you to take six pictures of me. He said, he said I'm going to skin that old man Bosworth and hang his hide on my study door for a memorial to divine healing. That attitude showed that there's something lacking down here to a Christian brother. But the Lord is our defense. And he took his fist like this. He said, I'll take it like this. And they took it. They took six pictures. Now, now comes the platform, if you notice, if they ever start taking, they won't let them take pictures on account of the uh, light that I watch is a light, it's a light too. So, and so, I, so after a while he said that Mr. Bessie had a puddle land. So then he said, uh, nobody believes in divine healing but a bunch of holy rollers. And said, nobody would believe such a stuff as that. Mr. Bosworth said, Mr. Best, I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> All churches believe in divine healing if they believe the Bible. He said, well, he said, a, a good Baptist wouldn't believe such stuff as that. He said, just a moment, Mr. Best. He said to the moderator, can I have the mic a minute? He said, he could. He said, all people in this auditorium, about 22,000 people, he said, all you people in here that belongs to these Baptist churches with these Baptist ministers sitting here, that's members of these Baptist churches, could show by a certificate that you've been healed by divine healing since Brother Brown has been here, stand on your feet, and 300 and something stood up. Hey, what about that? He sat there and then he said, bring forth that healer. Let me see him perform. Bring forth. Let me see him. He can't hypnotize me like that. He started off the platform. So let me see him perform. He said, shame on you, Mr. Best. You shouldn't say that. So he started off the platform and he said, now I know Brother Brandon Shearer said if he wants to dismiss the audience, all right. He said, if you want to, he knows where I was at. So he'd seen me. So I said, uh, he's, and I just sat still. And so he said, Brother Branham, I know you're listening at me. If you want to come, everybody's looking around. I said, you want to come? I said, you can come and dismiss the audience. And I just sat still. And after a while, I, my brother sitting there said, sit still. I said, am I sitting still? 
So then, just about that time, I heard something. I looked up, and there was that light hanging above me. I raised up to go down. My wife, sitting back there, said to Howard, my brother, said, don't say that. There it is. So about 500 ushers put their hands together, and people, little babies trying to touch your, you know how it is. And so it's pitiful. And as we went down to the platform, I said, now if it's divisions in question, my commission from God, I said, Mr. Best said I was a healer. And then he up on the platform, says, as a man, I admire you, but as in doctrine, it's rotten. I said, I can pass the same compliment. And so then we just uh, he went on. And, and, um, and so we, uh, uh, he sat down. I said, don't anyone think evil of the man now. He's an American. He has a right. At the Korean War was going on there. And I said, he, that's what our boys are fighting. They're freedom of religion. And I said, we just disagree upon scriptures. But maybe I said, I thought he was sincere until he tried to rob those people there. That's got, he said he felt sorry for him laying on those cops, and now he's trying to take away from them the only hope that they've got left. The doctors has given them up. And there's hundreds saying there's been healed in the last few weeks here. And here are these people trying to rob them from the only hope that they have to make some kind of a scrupled up, uncouth doctrine to be right. I said, I don't think he's sincere. He couldn't be in doing that. So then I said, but uh, I speak... I'm just a man, but the commission, God will vindicate that, and no more has said that, here it comes, circling down, like that. People getting fainting, screaming, <laughs> and everything, they've taken the picture of it. Mr. Iris, the one that taken it, was a Catholic, seems strange, but he was working with a man, Jew, by the name of Kipperman, and when he seen, he took one over there and put the assets in and tested, brought out the negatives, and every one of them pictures was Mr. Best shaking his fist under that saintly old man's nose, every one of them was... Blank didn't take it all. God would not permit him to be taken. But when they shot the picture, there was the angel of the Lord standing there. They took it before to say, you're to Washington, D.C., and copyright it, brought it back uh, and called George J. Lacey, he's the head of the FBI on fingerprint and document. And they took it and examined it for about five days, and we met in the Houston uh, 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 shell building there, and, uh, and so they said, who's name's Branham? And I told him, mine stood up and said, you're going to pass out of life like all oh, man. I said, I'm, I know that. But said, as long as there's a Christian civilization, this picture will never die. He said, it's been said by the old hypocrite, he meant the unbeliever. He said that a supernatural could never be scientifically proven. He said, Mr. Branham, I've said it was psychology. She was reading people's minds. He said, but Mr. Branham, the mechanical eye of that camera won't take psychology. The light struck the lens. <laughs> That's right. And so it's been done many, many times since then. What's the nature of it? It's Jesus. Look, how many believe that Jesus Christ was the angel of the covenant, that pillar of fire that led the children of Israel? If you believe the Bible, he said, I am the I am, so that he was the I am. Now what? He was on earth, and he said, I came from God, and I returned to God. Is that right? I come from God, I go to God. After his death, burial, and resurrection, now watch what that light did when it was in Jesus, the sign. How he looked out and perceived their thoughts and told them who they were and what so forth, proving he was the Messiah. Now, when that, after his death, burial, and resurrection, he returned back to God the Father, and Paul, on his road down to Damascus, a great big light flashed out and blinded him. Is that right? And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Is that right? He went to God, come from God, and went to God. Peter in the prison that night, so that light came in the prison, opened the doors before him. The angel of the Lord, and that's always Jesus Christ, the angel of the covenant, of course. 
And now, today, if it's returned back for the first time in all of the history of photography, and it was taken to Germany, asked if they could take it. I said, perhaps so. And you all perhaps have seen that come across. Where in Germany, you took the big camera and took the picture of it coming down when it was a naughty, what it was telling the fellow, uh, talking to him, and then when it went back away, it took it in California here a few weeks ago, the most outstanding one you've ever seen. What is it? It proves that that same God is with his church today, dwelling among us, bringing forth the same life that was in Christ is in the church. Amen. I could get almost off my sermon now, don't I? Jehovah Jireh. Let's take this. This is given to Abraham. And I'll kind of hit the high spots of it so we can be out of here by four o'clock, if possible now. And now, I want you to listen close. Give me your undivided attention. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. Let's go back and get a little of Abraham. Abraham was the one that the promise was made to. And we can only be saved as we become Abraham's seed. Because Abraham and his seed was the one the promise was given to. Is that right, brother? Abraham and his seed. After him. Now let's go back to Genesis 12. I see somebody marking it down. Genesis 12, we, we meet up with Abraham for the first time. And God called Abraham, he was just an ordinary man, come down from, from uh, the Tower of Babel with his father and dwelt in the city of the Chaldeans, and the, la uh, the land of Chaldeans, the city of Ur, in the plains, perhaps lived an ordinary life. And he was a man 65 years old before God, uh, 75 years old before God ever spoke to him. Now, uh, that gives us old people a little courage, doesn't Seventy-five, and Sarah was his half-sister, and he had married her when she was about 18 years old, and they had no children. She was barren, he was sterile, so they had no children. And she was 65 years old, and he was 75. Now, at 65, she'd be about 15 years past menopause. So she was, she was barren, and he was also unfertile. Then they, there was no way for him to have children, but God met him and told him and blessed him and gave him the covenant and told him that he was going to have a child by Sarah and through that child would bless all nations through his seed. Now, if you notice, now I have to get on a little bit of teaching here now, but I don't mean to, for controversy, but if you notice that the covenant was given to Abraham and his seed. Now, not seeds, but seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham, and the scripture says, we that are in Christ are Abraham's seed and are heirs with him, according to the promise. Now, how do you become Abraham's seed? When you take off Christ by the Holy Spirit baptism. That's the only way you can be Abraham's seed. Because that plants in you the faith that Abraham had. Now, Abraham, many people think, was a Jew. He was not. <laughs> he was a Gentile. But, now, but Abraham and, let's say it together, Abraham and his seed. The covenant was made with them. Abraham and his seed. So, let's say we are Abraham's seed. How many is in Christ? Raise your hand. Then according to this blessed book, you're Abraham's seed and your joint heirs and your heir with Abraham of all the possessions that God gives to the people. 
You are Abraham's seed. Then you must have Abraham's faith in order to be Abraham's seed. You get it? Oh, I hope so. Notice. Now, the covenant was made to Abraham unconditionally. Now, he made a covenant with Adam. If you'll do a certain thing, I'll do a certain thing. And man always breaks his promise to God, his covenant. Always. But this covenant, do you see it? It was to Abraham and his seed unconditionally. Not if you will, I have. Notice it? To Abraham's seed. Not to the outside world now. To Abraham and his seed, the covenant was unconditionally. Not if you will, I will, but I have already for you. Therefore, prove it. This afternoon, God don't have to come down and perform another operation to get you healed. He's already healed you. He was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes. We were healed. You're already healed. The only thing you have to do is just receive it. If you just don't reach up and get it, if you're Abraham's seed, then you believe it, and it's already there. So there is, no, there is no doubting of it. It's already there. It's yours. Oh, my, I wish I could, wish I could strike fire, just like a pouring, throwing a match on gunpowder. Look, you see what I mean? It's already yours. It belongs to you. For you're Abraham's seed if you've received the Holy Ghost. You're sealed, you're dead, and your life is hid in Christ through God, sealed by the Holy Ghost. How long? Until the next revival? Until the day of your redemption. Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. For a car can be sealed, a boxcar, because everything's got to be fit in there good and tight. That's the reason so many don't get the Holy Ghost. Too loose. <laughs> like the eagle taking his little ones up. She fans all the loose feathers out of it before she gets him up there. He'd break his neck. See? Now, a crow would never fly with an eagle. God likens his prophets to eagle. He's an eagle himself. A crow can never fly with an eagle. Oh, if a hawk would got he'd disintegrate in the air. Well, sure, an eagle's a special made bird, so he has to have special feathers and special eyes to climb up, way up, way above anything else. That's the way God's people does. God's eaglets. They climb way in the Abraham's seed. Believe anything, no matter what the circumstances, they're away from the earth. They're way high in the atmosphere. Oh, lift me up above the shadows. Give me fellowship with thee. That's right. Plant my feet on higher ground. Take me up, Lord. Let me stand by faith on heaven's tableland. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, lift my feet to higher ground. Well, right. Abraham and his seed after him, the covenant was absolutely unconditionally to both Abraham and his seed after him. Now, that's wonderful. Now, did, what did Abraham do? Abraham believed God. Now, how is he going to do it to him? Now, he's 75 years old and... How is he going to have this baby? By his, his wife is now 65 years old. And could you imagine an old couple like that going down to the doctor and saying, Doctor, I want you to make a room at the hospital. My wife's going to have a baby. How old are you, sir? I'm 75. 
How old is she? Sixty-five. Poor old fella. <laughs> well, any man that ever takes God by his word will say the same thing about you. For all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said. Now, you're misunderstood because these are Americans, Germans, Switzerland, but you're from heaven. You've been born from up there, therefore you believe what God says. Now, notice this. Could you imagine that old couple, as I repeat again, in saying, Abraham said, Sarah, after the first 28 days, you know, how you feeling, dear? Honey, there's not a bit of difference. Glory to God, we're going to have it anyhow. That's right. Get the little booties ready. Get the bird eye and the pins and get everything ready. We're going to have it. How you know, Abraham, what do you mean by that? God said so. That's enough. That's, that's all I need to know. God said so. Well, a year passed. Honey, anything different? Not a bit. Glory to God, it's a bigger miracle now. It's a year later. After a while, 25 years lapsed. The Bible said he got stronger and stronger. And we say we're Abraham's seed. We're prayed for it the next day. How you feeling? I don't, I guess I didn't get it. I don't feel any better. Abraham's seed. <laughs> Oh, my. All right. See what I mean? Abraham's seed is scarce. Abraham's seed. Now, let's not profess something unless we really possess it, you see. Abraham's seed. When Abraham's seed takes a hold of the promise of God, it's there to stay no matter what happens. There's nothing that will never move him. And as it lingers, they get stronger. And he kept giving God more praise all the time. After 25 years, now he's 100 years old and she's 90. How you feeling, dear? No different, but glory to God will have it anyhow. Just keep the dust off the booties and things. And it's, it's coming. How you know? God said so. That settles it. God told me so. That's all of it. Now, that's where Abraham's seed is. If you're heirs with Abraham, you have that kind of faith. Are you Abraham's seed? Let's say amen. Sure we are Abraham's seed. Certainly we are. God help our unbelief. That's right. Now, everything ready, making ready for it. Now, that was in the 12th chapter of Genesis. Now, in the 15th chapter of Genesis, God confirmed this covenant with him. Now, it's about many years later. So one day, God was talking to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I'm going to confirm this. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a sign. God always gives signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall shake hands with the pastor and put their name on the book. That might be in the almanac, but not in the Bible. See? That's right. Yeah. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they should take up a serpent or drink a deadly thing, it will not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. These signs shall follow believers. That's... Hands laid on that believer, that believer says, Amen. I'm Abraham's seed. I believe it. Then it works all right. comes to pass. Now, these signs, and Abraham said to God, How will I know this? He said, Abraham, go get me a she-goat and a heifer and a ram. Make a sacrifice. And Abraham cut them apart, killed them, put them apart, took a turtle dove and a young pigeon, and throwed it in and made a and made a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. And when he did, he waited there and kept the birds off the, the food until the sun was going down. 
And when the sun was going down, there come a great deep sleep upon Abraham. That sleep is that eternal sleep. Spoke of it. All man must die in a horrible, horrible darkness before him. Where smoking furnace, where every man that's born in this world comes to the world shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies, a liar, an ungodly, a, a reprobate as soon as he's born. So we don't, we're born, we don't even have a chance outside the blood of Jesus Christ. And then that hell we deserted, every one of us. But beyond that went a little white light that went in between these divided pieces of sacrifice. Now, if we had time, I'd like to tell you what each one of those represented, the she-goat and the ram and the heifer. And you notice he didn't separate the two turtle doves? They represent divine healing, see? So he never separated them, never cut them apart. But as this little light went between that, them two, he was confirming the covenant to Abraham, what he would do with him and his seed and how the seed would come and how he'd keep his promise. It was a contract being signed. Now, what did he mean? Now, we take here in America. If I was going to say that that um, brother here, one of these brothers and I were going to make a, a contract or an agreement, a covenant is an agreement. If we were going to make a covenant with each other, we'd sit down and talk it over with each other, maybe write out our contract, whatever it was, have a bite to eat together, and we'd shake one another's hand. Say, put it here. We, we, we agree to do this. That's a covenant in America. Now, if we was in Japan, a covenant in Japan, they make an agreement, and then they get some salt and throw salt on one another. That's a custom in Japan, making a covenant. But in the days of Abraham in the Orient, how they made a covenant, they had cut a, killed an animal and cut it apart, and then they wrote up their agreement on this, this parchment of their lambskin, and then they stand in there and take an oath by this dead beast sacrifice, if one ever breaks it, may their body be as that broken beast body, and then they tear this apart. One man takes one piece and one the other. And where that writing was, it can never be dovetailed unless this same piece comes back to put it together again. Because when it tears, it rips back and forth and so forth as it tears across that lambskin where the writing is. Then they kept to keep that and then the only way that this covenant is kept is when brought to pass is when they come back, each piece of this parchment must meet together, dovetail perfectly, to make the agreement just exactly the same. Now you say, what was God doing there then, Brother Brandon? Here's what he was showing to Abraham's seed. Abraham said, I go childish. 15th chapter of Genesis. And I only have an heir, and that's this Eliezer of Damascus. He said, it will not be him, but the covenant, the one that I'll make the covenant with comes out of your own bowels. It'll be by you and Sarah, in other words, is the one that I'll make it. And now remember, he's a real old man. Now what was he showing? That through Abraham come the promised one, Isaac, and through Isaac come Jesus. And through Jesus, 
Isaac, he was only a father of Israel. But through Jesus, he's the father of every nation. All the seed of Abraham. And how did he confirm it? Showing what he would do by the sacrifice. Now, Jesus became that sacrifice. And he went to Calvary. And God tore him apart on Calvary. Tore his soul and spirit from his body and raised up his body on the third day and set it on his own right hand and sent back the same spirit was upon him to work in his church to call Abraham's seed. Can't you see it? It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a confirmation. Confirming it. Now, the church that professes to be a Christian church will have to have that same spirit that was in Jesus Christ. For at the resurrection of the church, Christ and his bride will come together and dovetail the writings and promises of God will be made fulfilled there. So it cannot come together unless the same spirit was in Christ as in you and me. And then if that same spirit is in there, it'll do the same works and live the same kind of a separated life and do the works that he did. The Bible said so. All the way to Genesis confirms it. Genesis is the seed chapter. Genesis means beginning. Here it is confirming. Would not that make us all happy? Would not that make us sinner? It ought to be striking. It ought to make a church member come to Christ and stay until he's filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the only promise of the rapture. The only way that the church and Christ can come together. The very Spirit. When God made his first man in the Garden of Eden, did you notice he made him both male and female? He was a man made in God's image, a spirit. He put him in flesh. Genesis, the next chapter. After it already made him, male and female. And there still was no man to till the soil. So then he created man out of the dust of the earth, not in his image. But then God came down in a form of man by Jesus Christ to redeem the man that fell in the image of the earth. And he was made in the image of the earth. Oh God, can't you see what gospel means? When God became man, so man became God. We are sons and daughters of God. Now this first man, Adam, look at him. In spirit, he was both feminist and masculine. And then he was made flesh and he had no helpmate. Then God, a woman, is not in the original creation of God. She's a byproduct of the man. So to make them one to show what he did, he opened up the side of Adam and took a part of Adam's flesh so that they wouldn't be separated to be one and took part of Adam's spirit, part of Adam's flesh, took the feminine spirit off of Adam and made an Eve. And when you see a woman, the way some of our modern women, haircuts like man, smoke like man, cuss like man, you see a woman that wants to be masculine, there's a perversion there somewhere. And when you see a man sissified, but look like a duck sitting on the back of his head and so forth like that, and wants to wear women's clothes all the time, there's something perverted there somewhere. God made man to be man and women to be women. The Bible said, 
One day I was speaking against women wearing shorts, and a woman said to me, I don't wear them. I said, what's that she got on? She said, what is them things, pedal pushers or ever what it was, like that? I said, oh, dungarees, I said, it's, that's worse than ever. Amen. The Bible said it's an abomination for a woman to put on a garment that pertains to a man. Amen. Right. Up in Clement Falls recently, a lady wrote me a big long letter. She said, what about a woman then out riding horses in a mosquito-invested area, out there riding, rounding up the cattle? What do you think about her wearing a dress out there? Or when she's in the garden? When she has to stoop over and pull up things from the garden? I said, my mother and my wife both wear dresses and they have no trouble with it. Wear them long enough when they stoop down. It's all of it. Then I said, another thing, on out there on a horse, riding a horse, a woman ain't got no business out there. That's what's the root of our nation today is women trying to take man's job. She's trying to be a man and a man's wanting to be a woman. God made them different. Right. Got no business being like that. She's out of her category, and a man's out of his category. Oh, my. Stop, clock. <laughs> Notice, God made them different, and he made a covenant with Adam. He made a covenant with Eve. But you see, he made them one. They are no longer twain, but one. Now, so is the church in Christ. God never said, just go make an organization called the so-and-so, or go educate them this. He took his own son and from his heart. Three elements came from his body. Excuse me, sisters. I want to make a point. In a natural birth, what is the first thing happens in a normal birth? Water. Next, blood. What's next? Life. That's the same thing. It constitutes a new birth. What was the thing come out of Jesus' side? Water, blood, and into my hands I command my spirit. St. John, First uh, John 5, 7, said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. You can't have the Father without having the Son. You can't have the Son without having the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And there's three that bear record in earth, the water, the blood, and the spirit. They're not one, but they agree in one. You can be justified without being sanctified. You can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Ghost. See what I mean? Luther preached justification. Wesley had sanctification. Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just like the seed planted, stalk, tossed, ear, everything in the world, types right to it. Right? Now, God tore Christ apart, sent down His Spirit, called the Holy Spirit. A little while in the world, see if me no more yet, you'll see me. For I, I as a personal pronoun, will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Not just down for a certain age, but to the end of the world. Go ye into all the world. How long is these signs to follow? All the world. Mark 16. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. It has never happened yet. How long will these signs follow? Until it's over. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them creatures that believe. Get it? Now. Notice, that was the 15th chapter. 
Now let's go to the 17th chapter. Now God appeared to Abraham in another name. 17th chapter, he appeared to him in the name of El Shaddai, a Hebrew word, God Almighty. El Shaddai. Now, shed means breast, like the mother, woman. Shaddai is in the plural, breasted. Now, what was he doing with Abraham here? Now, he had given the covenant in Genesis 12, unconditionally. Genesis 15, he confirmed it to him what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. Now, in Genesis 17, Abraham now is 99 years old. Not at 100. That makes Sarah 89. Now, the Bible said that his body was as good as dead. Sarah's womb was dead. But he appeared to him in the name of El Shaddai, the breasted one, insomuch as to say, Abraham, I am the breasted God. Not breast, breasted. Two of them. He was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes we were healed. New and Old Testament. In other words, when a little baby is fretting and sick, the mother picks up the little fellow and puts it up to her breast. And the little baby draws its strength from the mother. And other Abraham, you're old. You're a hundred years old. And your strength is gone. But I am the one that made the promise. I am your breast. Just lean right on my promise and keep nursing. And another thing, the baby is satisfied as long as it's nursing from the mother. The little fellow's not threatened anymore. As soon as he goes to nursing his mother, he's satisfied. And he is the satisfied, the strong one, the nurture, the strength giver. The little baby lays upon his mother's breast, satisfied, nursing itself back to strength and health. Now that's to Abraham and to his seed. Now if you're sick today and the doctor says, Sister, I hate to tell you, you got heart trouble. Your, your heart's very bad. Brother, you, you got cancer. There ain't nothing my medical science shows that we, we can't, it's advanced, there's nothing we can do. And your Abraham's seed and something keeps telling you, I've got more life to live. What is it? It's God trying to say, come up to me. You're the seed of Abraham. I'm your strength giver. I'm your satisfier. How long will it take? Well, what if that baby leaves its mother's breast and won't nurse anymore? It'll die. And when we take God as our healer and then say, oh, well, maybe I was wrong. No, Abraham's children doesn't do that. They hold right on to that promise and nurse from it. If it's salvation, the Holy Ghost, he was wounded for our transgressions. If it's healing for the body, by his stripes we were healed. He's a breasted God. What, a, he, what was he doing? He was getting Abraham in condition to receive the miracle. It was fixed to happen. Now, turn over another page to Genesis 18. Now we find in Genesis 18, there was a great sign given him. Now remember, God told Abraham in Genesis 12 also to separate himself from all of his people, all of his kindred, and to sojourn with him as a stranger in a strange land. Now, God wants separators. Now, the people wants mixers. 
Oh, my. Today they got to have a little Hollywood guy, you know, and, and you know, all this, and it's got to be a lot of flowers and uh, color up. They don't want the old-fashioned preacher that lays it right on the hewing line. They won't have it. He's a fanatic. He's a holy roller. That's what they want. They want mixers. Somebody will go swimming with them and somebody will play bunco with them and somebody will go to dances and not fanatics. See, they don't want that. But God wants separators. Separate yourself. The very word church means separated, called out. Come out from among them, says God, and I'll receive you. Touch not their unclean things. Separators, oh, Christians, separate yourself from everything of the world, brother, sister. Get away from the things of the world. Separate. Now, Abraham had, until he fully obeyed that, God never did bless him. He took his father with him. He took Lot, his nephew. And what did he do? The old man was a fly in the ointment as long as he was along. Finally, he died. And then Lot is fussing and fighting, scrambling over herding grounds and so forth, until Lot separated himself and went out into Sodom. He took the way down the easy way. A few extra dollars and see what it cost him. He wanted to be popular. He became the mayor of the city. So he's down there. He wanted to have a big name. There's so many people that wants big names, big things. It takes a monkey to jump after shiny things and things like that. Yes, sir. Did you ever notice a monkey? Anything is shiny, he'll jump at it. See? Now, uh, now you notice a lot. He thought, maybe if I go down there and Sodom, I'll become a great man. My name will be known. Sure, look at it today, what it's known as. And Miss Lot, she kept up all the styles and fashions and so forth. Look at her today, standing there in a the field as a pillar of salt. Yeah, but Sarah took her away with her own husband. The way with the Lord's despised you to walk in fellowship with God. Had the hard places. Then, one day when Abraham was setting out, the land was barren. Sometimes we think that those things are curses. No, if you know your heart's right with God, no matter what happens, stay right with it. Abraham and Sarah, probably hot weather, cattle was all thin and everything. And then one day Abraham was sitting under the old tree about noontime in the 16th chapter or the 18th chapter rather of Genesis. And God had got enough of that Sodom and Gomorrah, just like he's got of this world today. Enough of their foolishness. So he's going to come down to destroy it. <clears throat> So he is going to give him a sign that that was going to be destroyed. So Abraham was sitting there under the oak, and he looked and he seen three men coming. And they come up to where he was. He ran to meet them and he said, My, my Lord. Now somebody's trying to tell me that was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, see. That's a lie. He never said, My Lords. He said, My Lord. Lot later called them two preachers that went down there, cap, not capital L, little L. My lords, have you come to me, that backslidden lot? He said, my lords. But when Abraham met the three, he said, my lord. Capital L-O-R-D, Elohim. Lord. Three of them are standing there, but he said, my lord. Now, when they come up, he said, come by and uh, sit down and, and let me fetch a little water and wash your feet and, and refresh yourself and take a morsel of bread and then you can go on for you stop by to see your servant. All right? When they come up, said, so do it. So they walked over and sat down, and Abraham ran into the tent, uh, the master tent, the big tent where he lived. Probably servants all camped around a village of them. So he ran back to the big main tent, and he said, Sarah, need three measures of meal right quick, and bake them up on the hearth, 
and you're out into the herd and got a real fat calf, and he gets servant to dress. He said, make it ready right quick. And they made it ready, and he come out and he fed these three men. What was it? Veal, the calf, fed them milk and bread and butter. And they all sat and eat. All of them. And yet one of them was Jehovah God. Right. Abraham talked to him. You wouldn't doubt the Scriptures, would you? He said he was Elohim. That's right. God mentions about it six or seven times right along in a row. Elohim. That's who he was. Someone said to me one time, said, you don't believe that was God? I said, sure, I believe it's God. Abraham said it was. The Bible said it was. And my faith is built on God's Word. He said, how could God be made flesh? I said, same as he was when he's in Jesus Christ, he's made flesh. Certainly he was. When he's in Melchizedek, he was made flesh. Certainly he was. King of peace, king of Salem, without father, without mother, no beginning of days or ending of years. Well, certainly ending of life, brother. Sure he was. Now, here he is among his church today, made flesh in his church. Certainly. Elohim. Now, oh, if you could only realize that you, man, you were made to be an amateur God. You're a son of God. You're an heir of God. And you have a domain. Genesis 1, 26, he gave him dominion over everything in the earth. He made him a God over the earth. Right. He gave him a domain. He's a king God. And where he got his fall, he could speak to the trees, be changed, be plucked up and set over here, to the winds and waves, be still, and it stopped. He was God. An amateur God, a son of God, like you're a son of your father. And all the world is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Waiting for the church to get back in this place again. Sons of God to be made manifest. Waiting for that hour. Hope that don't hurt. But just had to say it. The, the church is so far away from its place. It needs to be back to be sons of God again. Rulers, governors of the earth. Under the spiritual reign. It will be someday when the chief one comes. Jesus Christ, the great millennium. Nature's groaning for that day. Now, we find here that this man, as soon as they talked to Abraham, I want you to notice, two of them went down into Sodom to see if they could find as many as ten righteous people in that nation of people. And they couldn't do it. But one stayed behind. Now, don't miss this. One stayed behind and talked to Abraham. The one that stayed behind gave Abraham a sign. And Jesus referred to that sign and said it would be the same in the Gentile days. Now, we've been taking all through the week what Jesus was, showing his Messiah sign to the people. But he never one time did that before Gentile just as they'd had 4,000 years. But now... We are the ones that's looking for our coming Messiah. Now he's got to do the same thing. Now watch what this one done. The one who stayed behind with Abraham. He gave him a sign, and watch what the sign was. Now Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom. Now spiritual minds, be real reverent here. You and here on the floor, first balcony and second balcony, remember he said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. 
How many says amen to that? That's what. All right. Now let's just see what happened. For the days. Now remember, the days of Sodom was just before the world was destroyed, or the the wickedness was destroyed by fire. Now, do you believe the world will be destroyed by fire at His coming? The Bible said so. The whole heavens and earth will be on fire. Man will do it themselves, because God destroys nothing. Man destroys himself by his knowledge, his shrewdness, his education. Always has done it. Created gunpowder, created atomic bombs, automobiles. That's what killed him. Now, notice, he'll destroy the whole world by his own knowledge. That tree in the garden that he left, the tree of life, to eat off that tree of knowledge, science. Been climbing it ever since. Notice. Now, we find that, that Abraham, when he comes to this spot in his, in his life, to where he had to see this great sign to take place, Jesus referring to it, as it was in that day, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now watch. There's always three classes of people. That's believers, make-believers, and unbelievers. Always. Sin and professed Christians and real Christians. And they're always separated one from the other. Now look, Sodom was sinners. They were perverted. Just like the world is today. Great potions of this nation is completely gone. And, as I said, we're just being honeycombed with communism and everything. Everyism. If many of you, if you'd put a righteous president in every county in the whole United States, it's still gone. She'll never rise again. Thus saith the Lord. 1956, she made her fatal move. Now, and she took well on her way about three months ago. Now, she's gone. Write it in your Bible. See if it's right. 1933, one morning going to the Baptist Tabernacle, I went into a trance salvation. I saw President Roosevelt was going to help lead the world to a world war. I told her that morning, this will lock me up for it. And I said, they'll go to war with Germany. Eleven years before the Magna Line was built, I said, there, in that same vision, I saw Germany fortified in concrete. And America took a terrible beating there. And many of you boys know what happened. It was there. Notice, I said, Mussolini is standing up as a dictator. He'll make his first invasion to Ethiopia, but he'll take Ethiopia, but he'll come to a disgraceful end. Him and that woman both. And they hung them with their feet up and her clothes hanging over her head in the street and spit on them. I said, science will improve. I said, another thing, the nation has permitted women to vote. And one of the most horrible disgraces they've done. And I said, in voting, they'll elect the wrong man. Now, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. I'm a Christian. Both sides is rotten. But they made their fatal mistake the other day. Women done the work. And how are you colored people could sell your birthright to such a thing as that when the blood of Abraham Lincoln stains up in her on that dress? 
God, have mercy. Help me, Lord. Oh, my. Maybe I shouldn't have said it, but I've done said it. Remember. Oh, how can it be? My days as evangelist is soon done. I can't be prophetic and evangelist too. I'll leave the field. That's in the spirit now. Soon he'll be calling me. I'll leave the field of evangelism. Then he'll use me as his seer. <clears throat> What's the matter with me anyhow? Amen. Where was that? Yes. Genesis 18. Did you get that, Gene? Genesis 18, I believe I was speaking on. Then, no, I was on what he told me that would happen. Then he said, science will be increased until it comes to a place, until we'll perfect an automobile that looks like an egg before the end time. Then I seen it. And I said they'll control it with some kind of a steering outfit that they don't have to touch it themselves. I've seen an American family going down a great big Broadway playing cards with a glass top car look like an egg. They've got it right now. You see it on television here not long ago. They've got it. And I said, then I've seen some great powerful woman rise in the United States because this is a woman's nation. Woman's picture on the money. Everything's woman here. Right? She's a goddess. Not you Christian women. I'm talking about a little, little flapper come down the street here with all these shorts and things. She can do more harm to the church of the living God among man than all the bootleg jointry is to the nation. Right. This is a, America is a woman's nation. Got her pictures? Her number's 13. 13 colonies, 13 stripes, 13 stars, 13 so everything, 13, 13, 13, and a woman. See? I've seen a great woman rise up, beautiful to look at, but a cruel, wicked heart. And that'll be a church. And she's on the road now. Then I've seen the end time when the United States looked like a big bunch of bursted up stones and things like that, just blowed out, smoldering everywhere. Five of them has happened, two of them's on the road. That's been 21 years ago, see, when it was predicted. If five of them is perfectly hit, the other two's got to. I see them coming on the road now. Oh, repent and flee from the wrath that is to come, Church of the Living God. Get back to the real gospel, friends. You Methodists, you Baptists, you Pentecostals, the rest of you, turn to God with all your heart, for your hours are short. Genesis 18, just before the fire fell. That angel said, or that man in human flesh, a human man eating and drinking like an ordinary man, but yet was God. He was Jehovah God. Look at the Bible and see if it isn't. Jehovah God in human flesh. What did it represent according to Jesus' own words? God would be represented in human flesh at the end time before the fire fell. The Holy Spirit coming back into the church. Been moving in for 40 years or more. Controlling the church. What's the last thing taking place? Now remember, just a few days before that, Abram's name had been changed to Abraham and Sarah to Sarah. I'm watching what he called. Abraham, where is your wife Sarah? 
stranger, dust on his clothes, eating flesh, drinking milk. He said, while she's in the tent behind you, watch the sign. He said, Abraham, ah! Oh, my. You see who it was? Ah! Made you the promise. I'm going to visit you according to my promise. I made the promise. I was the one done it. It was God that made the promise. I'm going to visit you. In other words, just 28 more days and things are going to be different with Sarah. And I made the promise to you, so I'm going to visit you according to time of life. You're going to have this baby. And Sarah in the tent behind him. She said, said, me, an old woman, forgive me, sisters, I'm making this point. As husband and wife, me, an old woman, would still have pleasure with in my my husband out there, an old man too, hundred years old. Here I am, ninety, little great 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 grandmother, little shawl and cane. Me be like a young woman, and my husband like a young man to to have children. Why well, said it couldn't be? And that angel, not an angel, God in human flesh, with his back turned to the tent. The Bible distinctly says he had his back. To the tent behind him said, Why did Sarah laugh within herself, saying, Surely these things can't come to pass? How did he know she was in the tent? Or how did he know whether her name is Sarah? How did he know that she laughed? And how did he know the thoughts that was in her mind? When she thought in her mind, it was that same spirit that was on Jesus that perceived their thoughts. And he said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Is that right? The last sign they ever got. Before the fire fell, it fell right away. That was the last sign they got. And look, how did he say that and why did he distinctly call Sodom? Here it is. Open up now and receive it. That was Abraham, and this is Abraham's seed. He has to give the seed the same thing he gives Abraham, for the promise was to both Abraham and seed after him. Oh, God. Do you see what I mean? You see what the Bible says? That's the reason these great, big, high orthodox does. They never get it. Now, look. You say, will they get it? Sure. There was Lot, the Orthodox, and a modern Billy Graham and somebody else went out there to preach to them. Never done any miracles, just blinded them. That preaching the gospel blinds the unbeliever. That's right. They were unbelievers, was blinded. Well, it was a shouter. Now they say to Billy Graham, the great evangelist today, the ghost to the Baptist evangelist, they say, all oh, them sinners and unbelievers say, oh, nothing but a bunch of nonsense. No! Billy Graham's a man of God. Sure is, and old Roberts and them fellows, great servants of God, ordained of God. Don't condemn Billy Graham because he's not Pentecost. He can't be Pentecost. Watch. When God hears something, I hope it don't choke you. But look, when God, before he made Abraham the father of nations, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Is that right? Put H-A-M on the end of it. H-A-M. Because what? 
He is going to bring through him the father of nations. He took part of his own name. Elohim. I made him Abraham. Now, if you want to know what a Billy Graham, look at the end of his name. G-R-A-H-A-M. You understand? All right. Now, you see, everything has to be perfect. And it is perfect. The ones that don't see it is blinded. Abraham. That was the name given. That name never rose on until just at the end time. So has it. Watch that name ending H-A-M. Abraham. L-O-M. See? Graham. Notice. Now, just at the end time. Oh, we could break it down a little farther than that. But that's far enough for you to know. Notice now. As we look at the end time coming in. Now, he promised that that would be, what, just before the fire fell. Now, oh, to you people, here's a great promise. Look, when he gave him that sign, what was he doing? He was preparing now, immediately after that, what did he do? He prepared Abraham and Sarah to receive the oncoming son. That was promised. What did he do? He changed Sarah and Abraham from an old man and old woman back to a young man and young woman. You say, Brother Bram, that's not so, all right. Will you see if it's so or not? You can't read the Bible like a newspaper. It's a love letter. My little wife back there, when we, I start overseas... Now, what if I went to her? That's where you have to get away from so much this. I can't do this because I'm professing this. I can't do this. If you want to do it, you might as well do it. Certainly, let it get out of your heart. It's love. Grace, it doesn't. What if I, I started overseas and Miss Branham and I said, walked up to me and said, Listen here. I say, Listen, Mrs. Branham. Thou shalt not have any other husbands. I'm your husband. Thou shalt not have. If I hear you being with any more husbands, I'll divorce you. When I come back, she'd say, wait a minute, my dear man. Thou shalt not have any more wives, too. Because if, if, if you have any more wives, I'll divorce you when you come back. Now, wouldn't that be a home? That's the way the church tries to be to God. I'm, I am Presbyterian. I am Pentecostal. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing is right. Look, what do we do? I love her. She loves me. We just get down and pray, and I ask God to help her, and she asks God to help me. I kiss her goodbye and go overseas. That settles it. She don't have to worry about me. I love her too much. I don't worry about her. She loves me too much. As long as we love one another that way, we'll be all right. And you've got to love God. She'll write me a letter. She'll say, Dear Billy, I have just put the children to bed, and uh, Sarah today did so-and-so, and Rebecca, and all like this and this. See, she's saying that on a paper, but I love her so much, I can read between the lines. I know what she's talking about. I love her. That's where you've got to be with God. You've got to love God. Then you read between the lines and see what He means. He's hid it from the eyes of smart seminary students and reveal it to babes such as will learn. That's what He said. Jesus thanked God for doing it. Now, it doesn't take education. It takes a surrendered life. Now, we got to hurry. I'm way past, but I just got to make this point, if the Lord willing. Notice. Now, 
love. Look now, let's just take it. You say, now, Brother Bram, just a minute. He didn't do that. All right? Immediately after this sign was given to Abraham himself, and will be given to his seed, and we see all that happening. Now, what's the next thing for the church then? If that was the last sign he gave Abraham before fire fell and destroyed the wickedness, then what will it be to his seed? Same thing. He did the same thing. What did he do? Called him, give him the covenant. Who called you? Some people said, I just sought God and sought God. You never did. No one else ever did. It's God seeking man, not man seeking God. No man seeks God. God seeks man. Prove that in the Garden of Eden. Instead of confessing, he was hiding. God was he's seeking him. Another thing, did you notice? God never sent an angel down to hunt up his lost child. He came himself. That's the reason that Jesus was made God flesh among us. God came himself to redeem his child. It's a man-made, man-sized job. Nobody could do it but him. So he came to redeem his own child. That's the reason Jehovah was made flesh in his own son to die the sin that was placed upon him to redeem the sinner. Now, closely, let's follow him a minute. Here's Abraham. You might disagree with this. That's all right. Now, I just want to tell you my own thought. Just the next thing had to take place. To receive this son that had promised, he had to do something to Abraham. Now, we know that he had to make Sarah fertile. Is that right? Well, in, in them days, uh, women didn't smoke cigarettes, so they, they had to raise their baby on the breast. They couldn't raise them on cow's milk. They didn't have the health and hygiene bottles in them days. So the, the mother had to raise her baby. Well, now, in order to do that, the milk veins in the woman's breast was dried up at 100 years old. And then another thing, excuse me, mixed audience, you listen to a doctor, I'm your brother. Listen, another thing, how could a woman 100 years old go in labor? Kill her? You'd have to make her over. Well, God don't, and look at Abraham, as good as dead a man 100 years old, being fertile. No, he changed it back to a young man and woman. You say, can you prove it? Yes, sir. They've taken a trip from there and went come down to the Philistine country to Gerrera, 300 miles. That's quite a trip for great granny. And grandpa with his shoulders all been over and whiskers hanging down like he's 100 years old. Oh, you say they just live longer. Wait a minute here. I'm really looking right at the scripture. And they were both well stricken in age. That's right. And when they got down there, you know what? Amalek, the king of Gerrera, he was looking for a sweetheart. All them beautiful Philistine women around there. But when he seen great, great, great grandma with her little shawl hat, he fell in love with her. That's the one I've been waiting for. See how ridiculous it seems? It is ridiculous. She, and Abraham said, I pray thee, say you're my sister because you're fair to look upon. What did he do? He turned them back to a young man and woman. What's he going to do to them? Why did he have to do that? So they could receive the promised son. And that's the next thing in order for the church. We which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not permit them which are asleep, for we shall be changed in a moment to receive the promised son. Where's he going to come down here on earth? No, up in the air. We don't meet him here on earth, and we couldn't meet him in these kind of bodies. We've got to be changed. And meet him in the air. Oh, I really feel religious. See? The body will be changed in a moment in a twinkle of an eye and we shall be caught up together to meet the Lord. 
The next thing, to the seed of Abraham. They're getting their last sign, a discernment, just like it was Jesus said. That's the last sign to the church. Remember, write it down. I may be gone. See if it's right or not. Last biblical sign. Now, we find out that that was just before that was to take place. And then what? We find out immediately at that. Haven't got time to go much farther. Little Isaac was born. Now I'm closing. What about when he's about 12 years old? God said to Abraham, so much as this, there'll be a meeting sometime over in Richmond, Virginia, in the United States. I want to make them people know that I am absolutely positive what I'm doing. I want you to take that son, your only son you got, take him up on the mountain and kill him. Abraham said, yes, Lord. For he received him as one from the dead. He was fully persuaded he was able to rise him up, raise him up, rather, from the dead. So what did he do to make it confirmed to his church through all ages that he keeps his promise? And Abraham's seed, regardless of the condition that they're in, they still believe that God keeps his promise. Then what did he do? Talk to little Isaac. They went three days' journey. Now, most any man, a young man like Abraham was then, turned back to a man about 25, 30 years old, him and Sarah. He could walk, I can walk 30 miles. I used to patrol, the game warden. I'd walk 30 miles any day. And we got gasoline feet in this day, side of what they had, all the transportation they had was either ride a little mule or walk. And they went three days' journey, and then lifted up his eyes and saw the mountain where the vision had showed him, far off, and he got to the mountain. When he got there, he said to the servants, you stay here, listen to this, Genesis 22, you wait here while the boy and I go yonder to worship, and we shall return. Oh, that just does something to All right. Abraham, do you know what you've said? You're going up there to kill him. How are you going to return, you and he? The lad and I will return. Watch, he put the wood up on Isaac's shoulder, a type of the true seed, Jesus, to make us Abraham's seed, tuck the wood for the sacrifice to lay on, up on his own shoulders when he climbed up Golgotha. Got up the top of the mountain. And there they laid the wood out and put the fire on and everything. Little Isaac got suspicious. He said, Father, said, here I am, my son. He said, here is the wood and here is the fire and here is the altar. But where is the lamb for the offering? What do you think that old daddy thought? He said, my son... God will provide a lamb. Amen. That's why I call him Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide himself a lamb for this sacrifice. And little Isaac, he said, turn around, Isaac. Isaac knew then. What? Submitting himself to death, just like Jesus did, the true seed. Pulled him around, tied his hands, his feet, laid him up on the altar. Bush back his little black hair and his little brown eyes shining. What's mother go to say? You can't think of that. You've got to do what God says. Mother says, don't you go down amongst them holy rollers. Don't you believe it? Do what God says. Doctor says, you can't get well. Don't you believe that? Believe what God says. Brush back his hair. Took the knife. Pulled it out of its sheath. Raised it up. And just started to stab his own little boy to death. And then we raised his hand in full obedience. The Holy Spirit caught his hand. Said Abraham... Say your hand. I know that you love me. 
where you wouldn't even spare your own son. And about that time, behind him where he picked up the rock, a ram bladed, caught by his horns in the wilderness, in the vine. I want to ask you something. Where did that ram come from? Now, he's at least 75 miles from civilization and all kinds of animals. And a sheep is a meat for anything. Lions, jackals, and everything else in the desert. And where was that? Where did that ram come from? And another thing is way up on top of the mountain where there's no water. What was it? God spoke it into existence. He had need of it. See, it wasn't a vision now. He picked up the ram and brought it over and cut its throat. A vision don't bleed. The blood run out. It took Isaac's place. It was Jesus and Titus. See what I mean? And Abraham said, This place shall be called Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. And it said, Even into the mount of the Lord unto this day, Jehovah Jireh has already provided himself a sacrifice. And brother, sister, you say, Brother Bram, I was a doctor. He told me I can't live. Well, no doubt but what that precious man is telling you everything he knows to be truth. Certainly. But he only knows as a man. They told me 32 years ago I had less than three minutes to live. My heart was only beating 17 times to the minute. <laughs> All right. But Jehovah Jireh, he provided a sacrifice and I accepted it. That same Jehovah Jireh has a sacrifice provided for you today. Would you accept it? He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we were healed. Oh, seed of Abraham, won't you receive Jehovah's sacrifice that was tore apart at Calvary? Part of it lays up there at the throne of God as the right hand of high priest making intercessions on your confession. The Holy Spirit here to keep his work going among his church. Believe it and receive it. Will you? Let's bow our heads. While we're in prayer just for the next moment or two, would there be any in this building in the first balcony, second balcony, or on the main floor? Would raise your hands to God, not to me. Every eye closed, please. Everybody just quiet as can be. There has to be a decision made. There's something standing by you. He's either telling you, child, aren't you happy that you received my provided sacrifice? Or it's either telling you, you need me as your Savior. I provided you a sacrifice. Will you receive it? If you haven't yet, will you raise up your hands and just show to God, I want you receiving. God bless you. You, 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 you. Yeah. Second balcony. God bless you. You, you. God bless you. Good. All right. That's fine. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, provide for me now. You've already provided and I freely accept it. Jesus is your sacrifice. Provide for me a lamb for my eyes, a lamb for my body, a lamb for my soul. And oh, there you that are sick and afflicted, in your heart say, Jehovah, give me faith just now to receive the sacrifice that's been provided for me. For my sacrifice was wounded for my transgressions, which I have received. By stripes I was healed. I now come to receive it right now. Heavenly Father, time is closing in. 
won't be long till the ministers here, my precious brethren, will be in their pulpit. They'll be giving great messages tonight. I pray that sick and afflicted will be healed and sinners will be saved and people filled with the Holy Spirit. May the results of your presence remain throughout until Jesus comes. Now, in this little simple way, Lord, I, I have such a poor way to express anything, and if I've offended anywhere, you forgive me, Lord. You know the, you know my objective and the motive, and I pray that you'll help it. And these few seeds, may they drop down into the heart of the people. May it bring forth a great revival here, Lord. Bless these people who raise their hands. As that beautiful song, Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, Lord, after thy way. While I'm yielding, waiting still, grant it, Father. Those who raise their hands want to be remembered in prayer. They want that sacrifice, faith, to reach up and receive it. May they do it just now, Father. May they be saved. I may never see him on this earth. Think of it, Father. We separate now in a few minutes, maybe to never meet again until that day there at the gate. Oh, God, I'd like to stand around by the pillar there and say, See, isn't it wonderful now? The fact the vision you showed us, this book got written. Grant it, Lord. I present them to you as trophies of the gospel that has been preached and the Holy Spirit here drawing them to Jesus. You said, All the Father has given me will come. And he that comes I will no wise cast out. So that's it, Father. Those who are sick, I pray you heal. Granted in Jesus' name. Now you that believe wants Jesus to make you a real child of his, just raise your hands with your head, God, raise your hands. Have Is there any newcomers here? Raise your hand. 
just a very few. All right, all this week you see, but would you believe on him now if he would do the same thing? There's not a person in here. I know my wife's sitting way back at the back, and my buddy sitting here, Brother Gold. That's the only person that I know that I see except these two men sitting right here. I believe they were on private interviews yesterday, these two men. After I finally noticed I'm a stranger to you. Right? Have faith. Don't doubt. Now, if the Holy Spirit will confirm this to come here and let you reach up, the Bible says that he's the high priest right now, and that sacrifice is toward part. Do you believe that Jesus Christ for you? you believe he's sitting at the right hand of God now making intercessions on your confession? Do you believe he's the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities? Then you pray and ask him and touch him and tell him, say, Lord, Brother Brandon has told us that you're here in us. And I'm part of you too. Brother Branham's part of you. Brother Branham, your servant. And now you just speak to him like you did your son, Jesus. He's your adopted son. I'm your adopted daughter, your adopted son. But you sent him to us to, to be a sign to us at the end time. He's spoken up in the balcony, wherever you are. I don't know. Wherever you are. Doesn't matter. Just believe. If he will do that... Will you have a lot of faith and believe? Raise up your hand so I can just see how you're going to believe it. All right? God bless you. Now, here's the time, brother. Now, if anybody ever questions, tell them to come. Now, here's the time where you don't have to worry. When God says anything, he keeps his word. Right. Now, you have faith. Don't doubt, but believe with all your heart. Just say, Lord, let me touch you. Any worry here. Now, if he does, how would he act? Just like he did when the woman touched his garment. Turn around and say, you had a blood issue, but your faith has saved you. See? Same thing. How will you believe? Isn't this a great thing? What a challenge. Oh, my. Say, will it happen? Certainly, he doesn't fail. Where is the gods of Balaam? Where is your critic? Says the Holy Spirit's not right. Come forth. Do the same thing. You say, well, Jesus said a greater than this. You come do the works he done first. Then we'll talk about the greater and I'll tell you what it is. Jesus cannot preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It hadn't come yet. That's the greater works we're doing. But do the same works he did. He said you would. What do you think about that neck trouble, lady? You think the Lord will heal it and make it well? He has. All right. I never seen her in my life. She's a perfect stranger to me. Is that right, lady? Raise up your hand. But you're sitting there praying, wasn't you? That's right. Lord, let it be me. How can I tell her what she's praying about? There's your hand up, her right hand to God. It's true. Why is it me? No, it's him. That wasn't a man sitting there to Abraham eating the flesh and stuff like that. It was God in that man. It wasn't Jesus. He says, my father that dwelleth in me. There's a heavy set lady sitting right behind her looking right at me. He's been praying there for, ever since I started. Said that, praying for that heart trouble. Right. If that's right, raise up your hand. Now, do you believe? All right. Your heart trouble's finished. Have faith. Don't doubt. 
Say, why are you looking like I was watching the light? It's over this lady right here. She's not praying for herself, but she's praying for her sister. She has heart trouble. She's in the hospital, isn't she? If that's right, raise up your hand. You just pray for her. If that's right, wave your hand like this so the people see. I'm not tell you what you're praying about. God who hears prayers answer prayer. You believe she's coming out being all right now? You touched for him. All right. <clears throat> you're praying for your eyes, though you've got glasses on sitting there. Later, right here on the end, of this white looking coat on. Yeah. You're sitting there praying for your eyes, wasn't you? That you might know. The lady next to you is praying for varicose veins. If that's right, raise up your hand. Lady sitting next to hers, she's praying for a nervous condition she's had for some time. If that's right, raise up your hand. Do you believe? All right. You said Brother Bram the angel had his back turned. Will he act the same way? You're looking at us in the face. You might be reading our mind. All right, I'll turn my back then. See if it's the same angel. Not him, this spirit. Now, if you're looking at me, look standing here. Is that right? Now, there's a woman. See her standing? She's sitting. She'd be this way behind me. She's suffering with a, a growth in her throat. And uh, she's got a boy with her. He's got the sinus trouble. Her name is Miss Mitchell. Stand up, Miss Mitchell. Believe it with all your heart. Lady, I do not know you. If that's right, raise your hand back and forth this way. But is that what you was praying about, what he told you? All right, receive it now. Go home, be well. Jesus Christ makes you well. You believe? There's a man sitting right behind her. Be looking this way. I see it right now. He's got a back trouble, too. He was operated on for a back trouble. He's got scientists. That's what made him believe. He's got a sinus trouble. Try it. Mr. Bush, why won't you stand up to accept your healing, too? You believe? If I do not know you, sir, wave your hands back and forth if, if we don't know one another. Was that what you was praying about? Wave your hands back and forth this way if, he, if it was what we was praying about. All right? God bless you. Go home and receive your healing. He's a wonderful Savior, isn't he? There's a man sitting up there on a balcony. He's suffering with bronchial trouble. Mr. Brown, stand up. There you are. I don't know you, do I, sir? That's right, raise up your hands. You're healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. Sitting right over there, the lady praying for her brother with cancer. Have faith. You'll get healed. If you believe it, you believe it with all your heart, right, you can have it. Heart trouble. Nervous out on the end. Arthritis sitting right behind her. You believe with all your heart? Now, is he here? You believe he's here? It's one all over the entire building, showing you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Now to all of you, looks like now, if, how many knows that vision just nearly killed you? Uh, uh, Jesus said, I perceive that virtue's gone from me. 
That's him. I don't know you. I've never seen you in my life. But it shows that that same angel, the same promise, the next thing is destruction in this nation. Not only this nation, but every nation. The end time's here. The change is waiting for the people. How many of you have got prayer cards? Raise up your hand. I want you to this row here to get up. Come right down here. Just start getting up row by row. Coming right down here. Now, I'll tell you something. I want to prove something to you. I'm not the only one to pray for sick people. My brother here has just as much right as I do to pray for sick people. Now, I want to prove it to you. Brethren, come, you can't come this way, sirs. You have to go out and come around the other way, over that way. With prayer cards. Just with prayer cards. Go out and come around that way. Just with prayer cards now. I want my brethren to stand here. Come here, brethren. I want you to form a line on both sides of me here. If these people might know, you don't have to wait for somebody like Old Roberts or Tommy Hicks or somebody to come by. These men are ordained of God to pray for the sick. They got just as much right to pray for the sick as I have or anybody else. You can see it just now in a few minutes. If these truly are seeds of Abraham, any of you got prayer cards now? If you have, move right out in the aisles here and go right around and form that line. Go right out to the back, move right around and form the line. Now, if you don't profess your faith in Christ, don't come. Because it'll be worse when you go ye and sin no more. What is sin? Unbelief. Transgression of the laws is right. Unbelief. He that believeth not is what? Condemned already. Is that right? This is ministers? All right. Yes. Where you at, Brother Hall? This Brother Hall here has ministry. He prays for the sick, too. has a nationwide services. Brother Hall. Why don't you come around in here, Brother Hall, and why don't you all form a double line here. All in this section now is prayer cards. Come out now. Go right up and go around the back. And you in the balcony that's got prayer cards, if there's any other pair, come right down and take your place in the aisles, right down here behind the place you with prayer cards. Come in line. Now, if you do not believe and you're not Abraham's seed and not ready right now to say it's all settled, it's all over. Now, the same God that's here to perform these things, the Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. How many believe that it is the Holy Spirit? Raise up your hand. Now, you know, you could take another attitude and say it was something else, and that'll be between you and God. See, you'll never be forgiven for it. Right. Jesus said so. But if you believe with all your heart, now you in the prayer line, you that's in the prayer line, and we can't come through discernment, we know that. Perhaps these brothers here don't have it. But you don't have to have it. You know what you've done and what your trouble. If you sin, ask God to forgive you. If you do not believe, ask God to be merciful to you and make you believe. But how many now of you people in the prayer line are standing here, you just got the prayer card standing in the line, will raise your hand to God that you have accepted Him as your healer. Raise up your hand. The rest of you, if you son out here that's not in the prayer line that wants to accept Him as your healer, raise your hand. God bless you. Now, the Bible said, These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that what he said? Well, then there's some kind of a, a spirit here. There's some power. 
that knows who you are knows all about you. Isn't that right? He knows everything. Well, he, if he promised to do that and he keeps that promise, he'll keep every promise. Now, if you do not believe, remember, don't come in the prayer line. Now, brother, now, I wish about half of you on one side here. Come down this way. That's right. Same way here. That's right. Every other one. Make a double line. That's fine. You two ministers? Oh, you're helping them off the platform. Somebody down there to help them off. Now, before you start the prayer line, Billy, wait just a minute. Let's pray. Listen, friends. I want to ask you, brethren. I've got perfect confidence in you as my brethren. I know you're a man of God, called of God. I'm trying to let this audience know that they don't have to wait for somebody to come by some special gift. Gifts don't heal. Gifts only declare God. You all are ministers who know the Word a lot better than I do. So you're gifted to do that, and that's the original way. Believe His Word. He sent His Word and healed them. That's the way it's supposed to be. But then God's so good and makes such promises. If, if, if they can't believe the Word, then He shows them a sign that it's Him there. That's what it's for. That's the reason I have you here. And I just think, what if my mother was standing in that line, or what if your mother was standing in that line? What if my wife is in that line, or your wife is in that line? What if my child was standing in that line and your child was standing in that line? Audience, what if you or my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, my wife or child? And what if that was, this other was yours? Now the power of the church is to come together and pray. Now we can pray and then lay hands on the sick. You remember Peter went over and prayed for darkness? In the corner, then got up from his prayer, went and laid hands on her, and she come to life after being dead. We offer prayer, and they go through the ritual of laying hands on the sick, just like ministering baptism or anything that you brothers do. The same thing. Do you all solemnly believe that? Say amen. amen. Now let's bow our heads. Now, brethren, pray. Everyone. Our Heavenly Father, this is the climax. We have preached your word, which you ordained us to do. We have seen sinners raise their hands and become Christians. We've seen lukewarm raise their hands and unite again with you in fellowship. We heard the saints crying and shouting. We've seen the Holy Spirit moving among us. And confirm the word and to prove according to the word that I preached that he made it do just exactly what he promised it would do. Lord, these people want to be healed, and I'm trying to tell them, just as sure as you make your word firm and confirm it, you've already healed them. They are healed. And if you keep your promises on one thing, you keep your promises on all things. Now, you cannot heal them now because they're already healed. But we got one more ritual to go through. That's to lay hands on the sick. Your last thing, your last commission you give to the church, and this is the last meeting in this revival. We're taking the last commission. These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. God, I pray that each of these ministers here will be so anointed with the Holy Ghost that they'll never forget this evening when these people are passing through here. They're praying, Lord. Their hearts are burning. They want to do something for you. There's others out there in the audience that's not standing in the prayer line. They're praying. 
Let the Holy Spirit, who's present and fills this building now with His presence, up in the balconies, down on the floor, everywhere, He's here. Let Him come forth now, Lord, and anoint us. And let these people be so anointed to pass through here no sooner than they hit the line. May they realize that they're not coming unto man, but they're coming unto God. May they walk beneath here like they were going beneath the cross. Go off this platform rejoicing as seed of Abraham, being strong, giving praise to God. Go down the aisles praising God and be healed. May these brothers see their churches grow in power and strength by their testimonies and others become any great things be done. Father, granted, we commit them to you now and ourselves that you'll anoint us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, to all everybody believe, raise your hands, I believe. I believe, Lord, I believe. Now, if the anointing gets so great, I don't get to say goodbye to you. The Lord bless you. Everybody in prayer now. We've already prayed. Now, let's sing now as we do. Only believe, only believe as we bow our heads reverently. Praying for one another now as we lay hands on these people. Only be. Oh, come on, brother. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive your healing.